You might not think about the U.S. Food and Drug Administration very often, but their work touches nearly every part of your life. Today, I'm talking to Michael Jovell about how they're using design thinking to make their digital products easier to use for everyone. This is Design Driven, a podcast about using design thinking to build great products and lasting companies. Whether you're running a startup or trying something new inside a Fortune 1000, the tools, methods, and insights we talk about will help you create things people love. And now, your host, Jay Cornelius. Hey everyone, we're here today with Michael Jovell. He is a designer and front-end developer at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. They have this uh, lab coat design system, so we're going to hear a little bit about that today. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Great. How about yourself? Fantastic. It's sunny here in Atlanta, so I can't complain. Uh, we've had some offhand weather over the past couple of days. It gets cold, and it gets hot, and it gets cold, and it gets hot, and you never know what to do, but um, today's pretty nice. Excellent. So uh, when, I, when I first heard about the FDA using a design system, I kind of scratched my head and I was thinking, so how are they using a design system and, and what are they using it for? Can you shed some light on what the FDA is doing and, uh, and what you're doing there to help it happen? Sure, yeah. Um, well, the idea behind a design system with an FDA started you know, even before I joined FDA. I've been there about three years now. Um, and Basically, um, it was, uh, I'm trying to think, it was probably about five years ago uh, when they were issuing a redesign uh, to address mobile on the site. Uh, they were trying to do it, you know, iterate that in a very quick fashion. Um, and so they, like many developers and designers at the time, stumbled upon Bootstrap um, and kind of figured that framework as a way to kind of quickly create um, a new site look for FDA. Um, and with FDA and the way their content management system works, um, it kind of proved a little bit of a challenge. Um, like again, many other organizations, um, their site had, uh, composes obviously being a federal agency and being quite frankly, a very large, uh, federal agency, um, having to manage look and feel across several sites and several pages and, and across, you know, several completely not even co-located teams uh, became a pretty big challenge. Um, so where I came in, you know, they, they had been using uh, Bootstrap for a while. Um, they had a couple of kind of written guidelines and, and were kind of relying on this combination of um, you know, some printed documentation on how to produce content using that amalgamation between, uh, you know, bootstrap and what they had created. Um, and I, as a new kind of user of their system was kind of trying to, uh, to adapt myself to it as well. So I kind of started to convert a lot of that documentation into more of an interactive, um, you know, style uh guide if not um sure and kind of working along that process um you know we built or i built like the first iteration of it um which was still and probably much to its detriment uh was heavily um kind of had my hand in it and so i was pretty much the sole person who maintained that um and so it kind of quickly went by the wayside 
um, because there were no other contributors or maintainers or, you know, if basically if you needed a component, you know, there was myself and actually one other person who, who would submit to it. Um, so it sounds and, like you, you kind of started with Bootstrap, and, and Bootstrap's kind of the gateway drug for a lot of design systems, right? So you, so you started with Bootstrap, and then you adapted it, and then so now is it still based on Bootstrap, or have you kind of rewritten it from the ground up, or like what's the current status? So um, I think I, I accidentally jumped over this, but um, as one of the challenges that we have in our current system was that um, a lot of our content uh, still isn't very structured. Um, so even issuing things like redesigns, there's still a lot of, you know, presentational code inside of the WYSIWYG. Um, so what was discovered is obviously that that made kind of moving off of bootstrap a challenge because we had all of this nested, um, you know, class names and things like that and, and custom functionality that, you know, even content contributors had added into the actual um, content itself. Yeah, um, sure. So it made, you know, moving and too much around um, quite a challenge. So right now we're at a phase um, and we're actually in the process of moving from a proprietary system that we have for our content management on mainfda.gov to another um, solution. And as Part of that, we we are kind of we've been evaluating how to kind of effectively start to maybe move our way off of Bootstrap um, while kind of creating almost like a migration path and thus kind of bridging that gap between things that aren't necessarily within the, the design system to those that are. Because what we found is that as people um, created content um, and were creating essentially, you know, their own custom UI inside of the WYSIWYG, um, it was kind of quickly breaking down the system from within. Um, So, and this is still an ongoing process. So we've run like several inventories uh, with the different contributing groups and have tried to capture all of that information um, as to how they've customized UI and, um, across the board to kind of try to create this cohesive, yeah, um, you know, UI or, or, or solutions via the system. Yeah, it sounds like you've got um, kind of what we see in a lot of large organizations is you've got a bunch of people trying to do the best they can with what they're, they've been given, and you end up having a bunch of different solutions to the same problem. And so now it sounds like you're you're trying to standardize those solutions so that. Um, as you go forward, you're going to have uh, one solution to that problem or maybe a handful of things that are widely agreed upon. So it standardizes things across the entire site or family of sites. Is that, is that accurate? That, that is completely accurate, yes. Yeah, great. So um, how far are you through that process? Um, and what have you seen so far in terms of like efficiency gains or um, what are people saying internally? Uh, and, it might also be helpful to understand like how big is your team? Uh, so currently our, our team, um, and as per government, it's very kind of, um, disjointed. So the team that I sit on currently is composed of two members. Um, but then we also have, uh, and the IT side of the house, which also has, um, their own kind of 
contracted mechanisms that they bring on additional team members directly associated with that, with the core team. Sure. Are, are any of those people part of the digital service or are you getting any help from 18F or any of those organizations? We are not. Um, we did participate uh, in the creation of the the uh, U.S. web design standard. Um, and that is definitely one of the avenues that we are currently trying to figure out how to best bridge that gap. Um, uh, because uh, I think that, you know, the, the intent of, uh, the, the, uh, U S web standards is, you know, we, it's something that we definitely agree with. Um, and I think it's just for us and, and our kind of where we are right now, we're just trying to figure out, like I said, trying to figure out how we move from the, that legacy bootstrap code and how we move over to, you know, gracefully into the new, um, into the stand, uh, the web design standard as best we can. Yeah. Keyword um, gracefully, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> in addition to that, obviously, you know, as, uh, yeah, and my hats off uh, are completely off to them because I know what a challenge it is because even within our agency, you know, we have, we recently had a rebrand and, um, you know, even that was kind of a, you know, a, a sidestep that we've had to kind of take a pause to try to figure out how, you know, our visual, our newer visual identity impacts all of the, uh, you know, components that we've built up over the last few years. Yeah, I can imagine it's probably a lot with an organization of that size. You, you mentioned that you have multiple sites. Um, can you talk a little bit about the stakeholders or the, who is the end user for each of those sites and how much do you or how, many, how much do you listen to them or how do you listen to them and how do you decide what you're going to build and then how do you measure if what you've built is actually an improvement? Okay. Um, so wow, that was a lot of a lot of uh, depth. Yeah, there was a lot uh, in there. We could... <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'll, I'll start off with, um, yes, we, I mean, from stakeholders, um, obviously, as I mentioned before, you know, FDA uh, does cover a lot of ground with regard to being a regulatory agency um, in that, you know, we regulate anything, um, you know, from food products to tobacco to, um, you know, drugs and radiological um, uh, um emitting devices. Um, so, you know, there is quite a large, you know, I guess number uh, and different types of users. And for each of those, you know, they can range from, you know, the, the users of industry who want to know, you know, how do they get their, um, drug approved? Um, you know, how likely is it, you know, what drugs that are similar to theirs that have been, um, you know, that have been submitted for approval and may not have received approval or, you know, to try and kind of hedge their bets to figure out whether the drug will be approved or not um, before investing too much money in it. Um, or, you know, the simple person who wants to know, you know, it, you know, if the, 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 the uh, peanut butter that they have in their cupboard um, is not going to kill them. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty broad band. Of, yeah. Of, so, uh, yeah, so of it can, it can vary a lot by center and, you know, our team isn't necessarily directly nested within any one of those groups. Um, so we kind of on, on a project to project basis kind of tend to connect with them, um, 
to try and figure out how you know their user needs are, are best met. Um, yeah. So, what kind of uh, research or what kind of tools are you doing to to talk to them to to get that insight? So, um, there one obviously being government one. They, I mean, to some level, they all have the the budgeting and their power to do the research themselves at times, but we also kind of duplicate that effort at times. Um, but, you know, we obviously like, you know, most organizations nowadays, we collect a wide gamut of uh, metrics, uh, you know, whether it be just, you know, visitor traffic data, um, heat map. Um, we do usability testing from time to time, but, um, it usability testing tends to be a little bit more difficult in government um, for privacy reasons. Um, oh yeah, right. So we we have the paper uh, paperwork reduction act. Um, so uh, a lot of those activities have to get approved. Um, so that can make it a little bit more challenging um, to to directly interface with the with the customer. Um, so we don't do that as often as I would like. Yeah, I bet. I mean, so I hadn't thought about all the additional kind of regulations and restrictions that you have to deal with being a government agency around how you um, collect research and who you can talk to and what kind of questions you can ask. Is that, I imagine that's a bit of a handicap, but um, you still have to prioritize things somehow. So what's the thought process there? And like when you're thinking through what you're going to do, um, what kind of conversations are happening with you and, and the stakeholders internally and, and with the rest of your team? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times what we'll do is, um, you know, d- depending on kind of what the, you know, what the project is either, you know, the, the stakeholders may come to us um, or, you know, and directly kind of, report the problem or, um, or, you know, we, as I mentioned, you know, we collect a variety of, uh, analytical data and surveys and, and, you know, if we, and we tend to analyze those and go through and see if there are any, you know, continuous items that we see that, you know, several people are, are reporting within any of the, you know, product areas. Um, and, Will then you know generally try to take a deeper dive into into that specifically. Um, so I, th- I think ultimately the answer is kind of depends. Yeah, sure. That's well, uh, that's the uh, the best answer for any UX question, right? It always depends on the context and who the the user is and and what problems they're trying to solve. So um, when when we think about how you measure whether or not what you're doing is actually having an impact. What kind of results are you looking for and how are you measuring if you're, if you're achieving them? All right. Um, so a lot of times, um, if it is, you know, if, I mean, if it's something that, that I would say is outward facing, I mean, we tend to, um, you know, let's just to kind of simplify it. If it's, you know, a, if we, we noticed, uh, you know, beforehand that we're receiving a number of complaints about, you know, whether a form, uh, you know, for submission isn't working or, um, yeah. And we basically will look at that and, 
um, you know, and measure kind of how that data has changed over time and just kind of compare, you know, at that point um, and see, you know, it, it ultimately if, you know, the number is reduced um, in, in problems within that specific um, field. Yeah, sure. So very direct kind of quantitative measurements. Yes. Yeah. Um, so are you also measuring anything that's more qualitative, like customer satisfaction or or uh, anything along those lines? Um, when we have done it, we've done uh, like via via the surveys um, that have been kind of highly targeted. Um, and, you know, w- if we've rolled out kind of a feature that um, – I guess lends itself a little bit more towards that that qualitative. We you, you know we've modified the surveys or targeted those specific users who use that that functionality to kind of get see if we can get a little bit of a, de- a deeper feel yeah, for that. Sure. sure. So I'm I'm wondering um, how do you rate the uh, overall satisfaction of the experience of dealing with the FDA? Like, yeah, I'm sure that varies for stakeholder to stakeholder, but is that something that you're tracking? And, and if it is, how have you seen the use of these design systems have an effect on that? So I think that, I mean, we, over time, we, I mean, we have tracked it. And, and I feel like with the design systems, I think what, one of the things that they have improved um, is that consistency. And we find that, you know, in general, um, you know, not only, you know, obviously on the development side where it's been saving, uh, you know, time in, in rolling out solutions, but also just from the user's perspective of kind of coming in and being able to a little bit more, you know, quote unquote, intu- intuitively figure out, you know, what the, the next step is because, right. you know, today's person who may be submitting an application, uh, for, for, like I said, for a drug approval may be the same person who's coming back a week later to find out, um, you know, if the food they're eating is safe. Um, yeah, right. so having that consistency, um, can be incredibly, you know, is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Cause they don't have to relearn how to use one part of the site because they learned it when they used the other part of the site, right? Correct. Yeah. What about um, the developers themselves? I mean, have they had any feedback on how using these uh, kind of repeatable design systems has impacted their work? Um, I th- they definitely have. Um, it's made, you know, development a lot quicker. Um, I mean, even you know, and, and a lot of some of this is is hearsay, but it's clearly understandable that, you know, I mean, even before when they rolled out Bootstrap, just, you know, having that documentation and that understanding of, you know, how to produce things that, you know, will behave, you know, across devices and consistently and not have to worry about the specifics of, of, you know, what the look and feel or, or, or behaviors of UI will be on every single, you know, page or, or section or site, um, you know, within the, within our, um, group, you know, is definitely makes things a lot easier. Yeah, of course. So, um, what's you know, the roadmap? Like, what are you doing next, and how do you see the design systems or the tools that you're building through those? How do you see those expanding, and what kind of impact do you expect that to have? So, um, I mean, I think right now what the roadmap is is, as I mentioned, our our, our main kind of over, overarching, our kind of flagship, uh, FDA.gov, um, is moving, um, 
uh, to a new system. And so I think we're, and it's, it's exciting, but I think, you know, we're looking at, at it and this is kind of one of the first opportunities in a very long time that, that the agency has had to really kind of deeply evaluate a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of these things. Um, and so we're uncovering a lot of things and, and, and just kind of really excited to move them forward and, and start to kind of even, you know, because even though we've had, you know, a consistent, uh, framework up to now, uh, I think because it hasn't necessarily been as baked in as it will be in the future. Um, it, it, it I think that continuing in that direction is definitely, um, exciting. Yeah, I, I bet it is. Um, curious about uh like once you get to that point where you've released a bunch of new things and you're kind of starting to see positive feedback roll in like you know where do you take it next um i think one of the things that we're really excited about is just kind of growing um just maintaining it kind of as, you know as a, a as a product in itself um i think as, as i mentioned before you know having this large organization um trying to get, um, make sure that it is, maintains its relevancy by, uh, having, you know, contributors from all of the different entities within FDA and making sure that it truly is meeting the needs, um, and evolving to meet all the needs, uh, of the, all the unique users across the organization. Um, and, you know, more importantly, the users of, uh, all of our, um, sites and applications, uh, across the organization. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's interesting because most of the people we talk to are in, in the private sector and they're running businesses and the metrics that they're looking at are things like customer retention and satisfaction. And if they're more profitable or if they're running more efficiently and saving costs and some of those overlap with government, I bet, but most of the business metrics you typically think of like, are you capturing more customers or are you um, making more money? Don't really apply. So uh, what, what are the important things for the FDA? I, I mean, like, I think ultimately, you know, the most important things to us are, are making sure that, um, you know, the information that that we have is out there and and. and as accessible in, in the best way possible. Um, you know, the people are arriving at, at, you know, within FDA and are achieving their goal. And, and I know that's kind of vague, but it, it, as I mentioned before, kind of depending on the scenario by what, why, you know, why they're visiting, you know, they could have completely different goals. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine that you know, those goals can be really all over the place. Yes, yeah, yeah, and th and that's the other thing. Yeah, that you get in one of these organizations is that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know the the, the goals. Um, you know, from my time in the private sector, or you know, while we've had a few you know very targeted goals, you know, within because of the different uh, user bases for every single um, grouping within FDA. Um, it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one thing because yeah, I bet. So do you foresee the systems that you're working on kind of, um, 
growing larger than the FDA? Is that going to contribute back to some of the digital service stuff, or is it going to go to other organizations or departments? Yeah. I mean, in this case, I'm kind of more so speaking for myself. Uh, but I mean, what I would kind of like to see happen is that for us to be able to um, more, you know, dovetail a lot more nicely into the U.S. web design standard um, and, you know, and become a contributor to that system um, and yeah, sure. to to have, because I think, you know, ultimately, yeah, I agree with their general goal of, of having that consistent UI so that, you know, what whether someone is arriving to, you know, find out whether their visa application was approved or um, find out, like I said, if their food was safe, um, you know, they, they have a consistent experience and they have that consistent trust that they're on a federal, uh, you know, site right. as opposed to someone who may have skinned uh, their site to look like, um, you know, some kind of government entity. Yeah, government sites for decades have notoriously been clunky and difficult to, to figure out. And uh, it's, it's good to see that um, there's some attention being paid to that. Uh, you know, you mentioned something earlier about accessibility. Um, I know that's a huge thing for all government agencies is that they have to be accessible and comply with the, the standards. So how ha- have you seen the use of the design system make that compliance or, or thinking about accessibility easier? Um, I think where it has helped, um, I mean, obviously, as a government agency, it's something we take very seriously. Um, and it's something that has you know, at least as long as I have been there, has been heavily audited uh, to make sure that we are um, meeting those requirements. Um, but I think, you know, the the larger portion of that is that, you know, the design systems are making, because they have them baked in, um, it has made it a lot easier for, you know, for, for uh, developers to consistently create um you know, uh, different things that basically adhere to the standards without having to, um, yeah, without having to rethink it every time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the focus for designers and developers then is on solving the the problem at hand instead of trying to re-engineer everything every single time that they're trying to fix something or, or create something new. Correct. So when you think about working internally, what kind of improvements in communication or efficiency of, of development have you seen a design system make with uh, with the team there? There has been, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of increase in, in um, efficiency. I mean, I think the main area and, and some of it is, you know, even just the communication that sometimes doesn't even need to happen um, because you find that, you know, because the documentation is kind of out there and uh, there, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the functionality can be rolled out, you know, a lot more simply because like, as you mentioned, you know, they basically by focusing kind of on the problem, they're just essentially, you know, the kind of these individual design decisions have already kind of been made for them. Right. Um, and, you know, and so, Many times, the, the the when communication does occur, it tends to be around maybe you know the problem itself not being solved, right. and then you can kind of address it from a problem perspective. That and then as opposed to 
you know, specific code or UI or something along those lines. Right. So instead of having a meeting to figure out how you're going to design something, you're, you're figuring out how you're actually going to solve the problem. Yes. It sounds like it's been eliminating some meetings. Yes, yeah, indeed. Which I think everyone can agree is a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're um, we're getting close on time. I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I, I appreciate you coming uh, on the show. Um, what would you do? You have any parting wisdom or any other thoughts that you'd like to leave with the listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, one, um, you know, I mean, and this one may not necessarily be uh, completely um, relevant to design system itself. Uh, but I would, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, if you're interested in looking into 18, 18F or um, working for a government facility, um, you know, or for a government organization, not facility, um, I would, you know, definitely recommend that. Um, I, it's something that I have enjoyed and kind of, um, I would say, having that ability to uh, kind of truly make a difference um, within um, how services are delivered um, across the country. Uh, to it has been something that has been extremely rewarding. Um, and I would, to add another, I would just say for design systems, I would just say that um, it is one of those that I would just recommend kind of getting started with one within an organization. I think um, a lot of times we see uh, these great design systems that uh, were built um, and we kind of get intimidated. Um, and I think just kind of starting from where you are, um, but I think is, you know, it, it, that it's that first step and that second step that kind of get you there. And before you know it, you, you know, you have a full-fledged design system. Right. Um, yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's good advice. So, uh, Michael, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and hear more about what you're doing at the FDA or ask you some questions, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, sure. I am uh, M. Jovell. Um, that's M-J-O-V as in Victor, E-L on Twitter. Um, it's probably the best way. All right, cool. And we'll link that up in the show notes as well. So um, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'd love to get you back on the show at some point and get an update on how things are working there at FDA and, and maybe get some more insights into how using the design systems have improved things. And um, I don't know, maybe you've got some use cases we could talk about at some point. All right, excellent. That sounds great. Yeah, cool. So we'll connect on that. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good one. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Design Driven. We're glad you enjoy the show. Have comments, questions, or an idea that you'd like us to cover? Point your browser to designdriven.biz and click Contact Us on the top of your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends and colleagues about the Design Driven pod. Post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or send them an email. And tell them to go to designdriven.biz or wherever they find their podcasts. Until next time, remember what Thomas Watson, founder of IBM, said, good design is good business.